0: raise your prices let's get into it i'm david c barnett and you're tuned in to small business and deal making the podcast youtube channel and blog where i talk about buying selling financing and managing small and medium-sized businesses while controlling risk so if you're looking to take control of your future through buying a business one day or if you already own a business and you're looking to grow or exit you've come to the right place I talk about interesting things, I talk to interesting people, and I answer your questions every week right here. So be sure to hit like and be sure to hit subscribe, and let's get to it. Are you thinking of growing your business or beginning a journey into entrepreneurship? Take a shortcut to success by buying an existing and profitable business the right way. Visit businessbuyeradvantage.com and learn more about my online training, group coaching, and consulting services designed to help you win. Hey everyone, Um, today's video is gonna be awesome. How do I know? Because it is a very rare example of a second take. So, because I recorded it the first time and I remembered a bunch of things I wanted to say that I had not said. So I'm redoing it and this is all inspired by dinner I had last week with uh, a friend who owns a business that I will just call Pete for the for the sake of anonymity. Um, but I met together with Pete because he wanted my advice and feedback on some analysis and decision making he was going to make in his own business. And so, um, basically, what he had done is he had categorized the different ways that his business makes money into four different buckets, and he had identified this one particular bucket as being a non money making function. He was basically saying, you know, I do this service. And uh customers really like it. They they like to buy this service and I charge $180 for it. And it takes about six hours of my employees' labor to do the service, which you know adds up to about 120 bucks. And then there's materials and and you know other costs associated with servicing that that uh that job. And so it only contributes like 25 bucks to my overhead. So I don't make money at it. So I'm um, so basically his his um Question for me was, should I cut this out of my business and just stop doing the service? And my reaction was, why on earth are you offering a service at a price that you can't make money with, right? And so we got into a big conversation about pricing, and how to know when to raise your prices and how to actually do a price increase, and how to know whether or not it's going to fit within what's happening in the marketplace, et cetera. And so the trap that some entrepreneurs fall into when they when they run a business is that they think that their customers aren't going to be willing to pay a higher price, and if they increase the price, they'll lose the customers, right? So I, I challenged him right off the bat, and I said, listen, if you're talking about eliminating the service, what have you got to lose in raising the price? If the customers don't accept the price, well, you were going to cancel this anyway. So, so you'll just expedite the implementation of, of what you thought you were going to do anyway. But if they do accept the new pricing that you bring in, then it's going to become a money-making profitable part of your enterprise. So we delved into that conversation. So, um, I was curious after the dinner, I said, you know, I wonder how many other small business owners that might be in my audience are similarly afflicted by this idea that they cannot raise their prices, that they might chase away some of their customers. So I did a survey here on YouTube and here are the results. Um, I got 82 votes. You can see there were three options. I asked the question, are you afraid to raise your prices? I gave the opportunity for people to say yes, no, or they don't own a business, for example. And you'll see there that there are more yeses than no's. So more than half of the business owners who responded to this are afraid of raising their prices. And it's probably this idea, like if I raise my price, I'm gonna lose a customer and I can't afford to lose a customer. And what is happening is you're being trapped in a scarcity mindset, okay? So let's think about, what it is that you need as a business owner, right? You need to cover your costs, obviously, or else you'll be losing money. Uh, and you need to earn a decent return on the investment that you've made to to get into business, whether you started it or bought it. And you also need to get enough money out of each customer to replace capital or account for depreciation. And you know, I talk about depreciation a lot in the conversations about sellers' discretionary earnings. Uh, and there are people out there who say, you know, you depreciation's an ad back because it's not a real expense. Well, just wait until you need to replace a piece of equipment, right? So if you are serving customers with any kind of machinery, um, you have to earn enough from each customer so that all those little contributions will then replace the machine when it comes time to, for it to, you know, uh, um, retire and, uh, and you need to bring a new one in. If you don't do that, then basically what you're doing is you're consuming the value of your capital investment and then you don't have the money there to replace it. And so what it literally is, is a transfer of value from your capital investment to your customers because they get to enjoy that capital investment you've made without having to pay for it so uh, i recently did another video about Porter's five forces where i talked about how new entrants can have a perceived advantage this is exactly what i'm talking about right so so you've got to charge enough to cover your costs get a cover the capital investment and to get a return on investment for the whole endeavor to be worthwhile right um and then talk to a cost accountant They'll tell you about all kinds of other things that have to be attributed to each of their, your customers as well to really make the business a functional, worthwhile building uh, business to, to get into. So what when I talked with Pete about this and we started to talk about what he really needed to get out of each one of these customers, um, he conceded that the service he was doing for $180 should probably be priced around $249 which is a one third increase in price or 33% jump in price. And that is quite frankly, a big jump, right? There's there's no question. And this is why the topic of prices and price increases has to be addressed more frequently. I've talked before about uh, the time when, uh, back when I was married, my ex-wife and I uh, bought this trophy shop and they would do engraving and build trophies and plaques and that kind of thing. And the rate that they were charging for mechanical engraving on metal surfaces was about one half what the other competitor was charging, right? And so that then leads to this question, like, like, do you just double your price overnight? Um, are people gonna react poorly to that? What if all of our customers are the ones who've been attracted here because of the low price, right? I mean, these are valid questions. And so obviously you need some kind of plan or strategy about how you're going to increase the price because you may not be able to do it all at once, and I'm going to talk about some of these things in this video as we move along. So the you know what does the customer want when they walk through the door? Customers want to receive value. So anyone who goes into a business is looking to satisfy a need, whether it's emotional or physical, um, or they're trying to avoid pain and the the what, you know why they're in a business to either get the need met or avoid the pain is because they know they can hand over money to get that thing addressed, right? Just as simple as that. Um you go to the auto repair business to have your car fixed because you know that you can just pay the money and the problem will go away. Like that's what brings you there. Right. So then the question is is does the customer perceive value in the price point? And so what people are going to do is they're going to compare The service that you're offering or the product that you're offering to other alternatives that they might be able to do themselves. So, you know, do it yourself solution or other services offered in the market, you know, they might do a comparison between different suppliers and what they're looking for is value. So they're, you know, in their own mind, I'll give you a great example. Um, I used to do my own plumbing repair and uh, there was a great guy at the local Home Depot named Tim who spent 30 years as a plumber and he would stand there in the aisle and explain to you what you needed to do. And, uh, so I would, you know, talk to Tim about my problem. I would show him pictures on my phone. I would go home. I would like cut things with a hacksaw. I would, you know, use the, the flux and, and, uh, try to solder with a torch and, uh, only caught the underside of cabinetry on fire once. But like, And every time I would try to do this, I would invariably come to a certain point in the project where I realized I was lacking another tool. And so I'd have to run back and see Tim again. And so I would literally spend an entire Saturday afternoon doing a a little plumbing repair. And uh, back in those days, I really didn't value my time like I do now. And so I thought that I was saving money because I would get this plumbing repair done with half a day of my time, but only like maybe $40 spent at Home Depot. Um, Nowadays, I just call a plumber and they show up and they're in and out in like half an hour or something. And yeah, I get a bill for maybe 200 bucks, but it's a far better value for me to pay the $200 bill than it is to waste half a day of my life. I've got better things to do, right? So it's all in the perception of value and different customers are going to have different lenses that they're looking through. The 48-year-old David sees the plumber service as the better value. The 30-year-old David sees the do-it-yourself Home Depot solution as a better value. Right? So, so the pricing question also relates to who are you trying to serve and what do they want? Because, you know, if you raise your prices and scare off some of your customers, maybe you're scaring away the people you don't want to be doing business with anyway. Right? So, let me let me get back to my uh let me get back to my my list of notes here. So the next question I I posed to Pete is why are the people choosing this $180 service? Why is this the most popular offering? There could be a couple of different reasons. So for example, there may be some kind of psychological line in people's minds where they don't want to spend more than $200 for this kind of solution, right? That that could be what is driving them to that hundred and eighty dollar offer because he's got different packages with different things included um, or are the other offers, for example, making the hundred and eighty dollar one look like the better deal so this is a big this is a big question because you can actually employ a pricing strategy that is intended to make a certain offering look more appealing. We see this all the time in places like restaurants or even the presentation. You know, you'll have a bunch of things on a menu, but one thing's got a box around it or a big star beside it. And it's because they're trying to draw your attention to that one item. Maybe they earn a better profit or margin on that item. So they're trying to make it more appealing. They're trying to make it stand out. I can remember back when I was a youngster, I used to work at the movie theater. And this was, these were the days before we had electronic cash registers at each, Um, concession stand in the movie theater and so all the pricing of all the goods tax included were rounded to quarters so there were three different sizes of popcorn small medium and large the small was two dollars and seventy-five cents the medium bag was 50% more popcorn but was only priced at 325 right so you get 50% more popcorn but only a you know what is that 16 or 17% increase in price so the medium looks a lot like a lot better of a deal than the small the large was almost double the contents of the medium and it was priced at 575 so people would come in and they would look at the offerings and they would you know if they were maybe two people sharing or if it was a person who really wanted a lot of popcorn maybe they were going to buy the large right so that large actually you know it doesn't really represent much of a discount over the medium But if people are willing to spend the money, we would take it. Whenever somebody asked for a small, we were trained to reply with, oh, are you sure? The medium has 50% more popcorn, but only costs 50 cents more. And more than half of the people who had originally asked for small would then change their mind. They would say, oh, that does sound like a good deal. I'll take the medium. Now, the cost differential between providing the small popcorn versus the medium might have been a penny, right? Popcorn's not expensive and, and you know, this is from 25 years ago, these prices. I know it's a lot more now, but um, but that's a, the, the whole pricing strategy was created around encouraging people to take the medium bag of popcorn. So I asked Pete, I said, are you pricing your other offerings in such a way that they're creating the allure that are driving people to this one product offering that just ha- doesn't happen to be priced right? is that why so many people are choosing it so there was also an interesting story i wanted to to relay um back in the 90s i read a book and it was written by a guy who owned a hardware store and um a a walmart moved in into you know the marketplace that he was in and he had to figure out how do i compete with walmart because all of their costs are lower than mine and so some of the strategies that he put into this book and I, I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of it. I did I did go looking for it, but he would say, for example, that if Walmart was selling 100 watt light bulbs and everybody kind of knew what a 100 watt light bulb should cost, you don't stock 100 watt light bulbs, you stock 125 watt light bulbs because nobody's expecting to find that and nobody knows what it should cost. And it's more difficult to compare the 125 watt light bulb to the 100 watt light bulb over at the Walmart right? And so this is the kind of thing that we want to think about when we're employing the price raising strategies. So without further ado, here's my actionable advice for business owners when it comes to prices. Number one, take time every six months at least to do a survey of your competitors. Make sure you're doing proper comparisons. So Pete, for example, believed that all of his other competitors were offering a similar package of services for about $180. A few days after our dinner, I had a phone call with him and he said, I sat down, I looked at the websites, I got my my receptionist to use her personal cell phone to make some phone calls and we did an exhaustive analysis of our six competitors here in town. What did they find? They found that while every one of them had a package priced at close to $180, almost all of those other packages did not include all of the services that he was offering. Right? So in actual fact, he's got the lowest price in the market, even though he thought he was competitive because he hadn't taken the time to truly examine what was included in those other packages. Okay. So every time you do this analysis, every time you do this survey, you should be looking at doing some kind of uh, price change. Your prices should always be going up because every other cost you have is always going up. If you hold the line on prices for three or four years while your taxes and your labor costs and your cost of materials and everything else is going up, you're just squeezing your own margins. Like, like you are doing the job of your competitors to yourself as crazy as that sounds. So don't do that. Now in Today, I can't seem to look in the newspaper without seeing some article talking about the inflation in food costs and energy costs. When inflation, that word, inflation, is appearing in the headline of the news everywhere, that's the time to raise your prices because the general media is training people to know that prices are going up. So you should meet their expectation. Increase your prices, right? Get it? All right, next thing. Sometimes to increase the price, you need to remix your packages and add and subtract things from the services, okay? So for example, um, if Pete believes the $200 line seems to be important psychologically, and remember I said that he discovered that all of his competitors had packages around this $180 price point, even though they didn't all include the services he was providing, then maybe that is important. So if he raises his price from 180 to 249, maybe he should create a new package of offerings that's priced at 189. That includes less deliverables. So instead of six hours of labor to to deliver the new $189 package, maybe there's only three hours of labor in that package. So he can still meet the price point expectation of the marketplace, but he can now make money at it because it's costing less to deliver. And for people that are specifically wanted certain elements of the original package, they can then move to the 249 package. Now, sometimes you need to create enticements or inducements. Because if a person comes in who, who really liked every feature of that $180 package, when they see it's gone to $249, they're going to say, like, hey, this is a big price increase, right? So a temporary inducement could be something like. Uh and, and I'll draw something out of the air here. Let's say we're talking about an auto-related business. You could say, yeah, this package is 249 but for a limited time, we're including free wiper blades and installation for everyone that takes this package. So the customer sees that 249 They know the price has gone up by $70, but I'm going to get the free wiper blades. And so how much is that worth? Like the average person maybe doesn't even know. Because it's been a long time since they've replaced their wiper blades. So what while it may cost the business ten or fifteen bucks to buy these things at a wholesale price, maybe in the customer's mind they perceive that to be worth forty or more dollars, right? So it it really softens the blow. Another example might be if you're talking about you know like an auto detailing business, for example, where they you know clean every crevice on the inside of your car, if you had a similar size price jump, maybe what you do is you include a free exterior wash four weeks after your interior detailing. So the inside of the car is still going to have that freshly cleaned appearance after four weeks, but the outside of the car is going to start looking dirty and maybe washing the outside is only like 20 or 30 minutes of labor. So you can have those people come back and do a quick exterior wash and then they're still going to feel good about the money they invested a month ago because their car now still has that sort of clean fresh ambiance to it further along so they they feel like the value of the detailing wasn't just for that month it was now like i paid that money and now i get two months of clean car even though on the second visit nothing was done inside right so that's another example of an inducement and you can you can create that as a bonus and then later take the bonus away right and that's that's how you make the price move so um think about which offering you want to sell your customer i gave the example earlier about the restaurant that might put a star or you know a big uh, box around the particular offering that has the higher margin think about which one is going to make you the most money and then maybe change the prices of the other packages so that it drives people towards the one that you want to sell again just the example of the popcorn Anyway, I hope this was valuable. I know that I got more value into this take than I had on the previous one. Um, if you if you want to really play around with uh, with different options and how you run your business and what it might look like under different scenarios and strategies, um, head over to BizPlanSchool.com. This is where you can learn more about my cash flow forecasting and business plan writing program. Um, I literally get emails all the time from people who've taken this program who are already business owners and listen, I I geared it towards people that wanted to buy or start a business primarily, but I get emails all the time from people who own businesses who are using the techniques that I teach in this cash flow forecasting program to play what if scenarios with their existing businesses. And it's a huge game changer in helping them to make decisions about what they're doing in their business. So again, uh, biz, biz, bizplanschool.com is gonna take you there. There's a video there that shows you you know, everything included in the program. It's literally uh, several weeks of learning, um, but it's going to set you apart and really give you the entrepreneur, business owner skills you need to understand what's going on in your business. With that, I'll say thank you very much and uh, look forward to your comments and feedback. If there's anything that you think is a great trick to help people raise prices in their business that I have failed to mention today, please put it in the comments down below. I'd love to get that feedback and uh, to hear your ideas and thoughts, and you'll also be helping other people that are gonna go and read those comments as well. With that, I'll say see you later. Cheers, we'll see you next time. So how can you learn more about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses? easy, go over to my blog site, davidcbarnett.com, where you can learn more about me and how I work with my clients. You can learn more about my books and courses that I prepared for you. You can find out how to subscribe to my email list, the YouTube playlists, and more. There's literally hundreds of hours of content there, all for free, and I'd love for you to be my guest. Special thanks go to Mark Willis at Lake Growth Financial, today's video sponsor, mark helps people better manage their personal and business finances through the bank on yourself insurance strategy this is something i've done personally and i've seen others use it successfully for years go to newbankingsolution.com to find all the interviews i've done with mark and learn more about the advantages of these programs while there sign up for a free consultation to learn what this solution might look like for you